just putting on a good show. Uh, we never looked apart. That's why it's not a video podcast. Yeah, shit, that's good thinking. Right? I should start hey? doing this naked. You could. I think it would be freeing. Would that bother you if I recorded the podcast and I was naked just sitting beside you and you were fully clothed? Uh, I don't, I, I'm not really sure how it would hit me. <laughs> no? Maybe I, maybe I could wear a face mask and then it'd just be like, I'll be blind and then you're naked. We're just both lacking. Brendan's just turned facing the other way, like doesn't realize. Just can't even hear me. I'm not even facing the microphone. Just it, the, the the quality of the podcast dips heavily, but Zach feels feels free liberated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I quite like it. Man, Meg and I were watching this show last night called Animal Hoarder: Extreme Animal Addictions, and it was these people who this one guy had like 30 cats, 30 cats, and his wife ended up having to move out because it was so unhealthy. Wow. But his house was the grossest thing I've ever seen. There was cat piss everywhere on the walls, and he just didn't clean the litter, so the cats were just shitting places. And when animal control comes in, they lift the couch, and literally underneath the couch is a mound. Like, the the whole length of the couch is shit, mounded shit, and you're like, holy hell! And then he goes around and he's like, "What is this? Oh, it's a dead cat." Picks up this decaying cat. You can see like his the jaw bone of the cat. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. These people, the lives they live, I <laughs> cannot believe it. That is pretty pretty strange. It's crazy what some people live in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or at least choose to live in without having to. Like, who lives in a first world country and lives like that? If they don't have to. That That guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. Which what I just found wildly unbelievable. Anyhow, guys, this is Charting the Waters. The podcast for myself, Brendan, and my co-host here, Zach, sit down and talk about what we feel it means to live this life. Through philosophical talk, even a little bit of psychological musings, questions for ourselves to help learn about who we are and things that can help you even in life and you know get around to talking about whatever the hell else we want to talk about like like crazy cat people like crazy cat people it was on my mind but uh if we seem a little bit more low energy it's probably the earliest we've recorded in a long time and zach and i both didn't sleep as much as we could have last night hey man that's no excuse i'm good to go i got my tea now you got your tea? What's I'm it, good what to kind go. of tea do you have going on? Don't even know. I think it's apple cinnamon. Oh, I just really? grabbed the closest one that didn't require me to put it in my tea ball. <laughs> I actually bought a tea ball as well. They're, they're the greatest great. thing. Yeah, they're awesome. The only problem is I've only got one, so now I am still being wasteful when I have guests over. Yeah. But the nice thing is I only have two tea mugs, so at most only one other guest can have tea. Oh, yeah, there you go, right? You limit it, you limit it, and then you don't have a choice. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you do your best to limit your waste, mm-hmm. but when you have guests over or go to somebody's house, it changes. Like, what I think about is the fact that we've talked about this on the podcast, and it might seem gross to other people, but I think it's a fantastic idea, is both you and I don't flush number ones. Damn straight. I flush at the end of the day yeah. if there's residue, but... yeah. Exactly, and so if it's pee, I'm not going to flush it and waste an entire bowl of water. That's like gallons of water. Yeah, but if I have people over, and more so if I'm at somebody else's house, I'm just going to flush the toilet out of courtesy to them. It it depends on whose house I'm at. My parents, not flushing their toilet. (laughs) Mostly to bug them more than anything else, because they're going to go in there, flush it, use it, and then flush it again anyway. But... Yeah, I don't know. I actually at one point thought about typing out, making a nice little sign on the back of my toilet with really nice type font and and whatever else that was just like, please, out of courtesy for my, this house's efforts to save water and like, don't flush ones kind of thing. Because I've been in in houses where they straight up don't have enough water, like cabins. Mm -hmm. And it's like straight up house rule. Like they get mad at you if you do. Yeah. And so it, for me, it's not really weird. And it's not that gross, I don't think. No, it's not. If you didn't flush a toosie, okay, maybe we're we're having problems now, but. Yeah, you can flush, (laughs) you can flush a deuce for sure, but. I think, yeah, there's sometimes though those those peas that are real ripe, those like midnight peas sometimes where you haven't drank enough water, but the key is to stay hydrated so that it's not ammonia out the <laughs> wazoo. 
I haven't woken up to take a pee in the middle of the night in months. Really? It's so annoying because I wake Why? up in the morning and I am consumed by the urge to use the toilet. Why does your body not wake you up? Couldn't tell you because good only knows I would, wouldn't mind the five minutes it takes me to wake up and go to the bathroom and then go back to bed because now I wake up in the morning and like I said, I am consumed by the overwhelming urge to pee. That's the only, like, I literally can't do anything else when I wake up. That has to be the first thing. Yeah. But I just hold it. My oh, body's wow. just like, ah, forgot. Well, that's good, though, because your sleep isn't getting disrupted. I would, like I said, I would rather. Because if I wake up in the morning, I have to pee so bad that I can't roll over and go back to bed. I have to pee. And then by that point, uh, it's up. like, mm, I'm up now. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's also a positive, too, because then you're up. You're not that guy who's laying in bed on his phone wasting <sighs> his time. My issue is that I'll go to bed and kind of sit there, be on my phone or something, or talk to Megan. And then when you go to relax, that's when you realize you have to pee. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. And I've laid there for about 10 minutes sometimes contemplating whether or not I want to just try to sleep. But usually I end up going a bit, going and, and, and using the washroom because mm-hmm. you gotta. But let's move into our topic for this week. And we want us to keep it lighter because the last few weeks we've had some pretty heavy topics. Ones that uh, have the ability to, to become controversial or are just a little bit uh, dividing in terms of where people fall. And so we wanted to just have something lighter where we weren't going to maybe step on any toes or have to really watch what we're saying in a way. So we just wanted to do top threes, just a general discussion about our top three things. So yeah, we gave ourselves a list of what, six top threes? Something like that. Yeah. 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 So we have top three websites, top three musical albums, top three video games, Top three movies, top three stores, which was an interesting one, actually, and top three national flags. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, I, flags is the first on my list. We can do flags. It's the last on my list, but I, okay, I'll make well, an exception. Well, well, fine. We don't have to do no, flags. No, we can do flags No, last. it's okay. It's fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Brendan, are you sure? I'm fine. It may not be coming through in the, in the high-quality video we have, but... You seem quite flustered. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, uh, now, yeah, let's do top three flags. I like it. Unfortunately, top three flag lists are probably on the lower tier of quality podcasting because it's basically based on how they look and we don't have an, a visual to provide for you. But a quick Google of literally just these words will, will yield you a flag next to the description of the country. So I encourage you to look them up because there's some pretty cool flags out there. Yeah, there is actually some nifty ones in looking. I had seen so many that I've never seen before. Yeah. What um, do you got? So my top three might surprise you. doesn't have Bhutan in it. Oh, I see. I did put Bhutan in mine. And I wanted to really badly, but I couldn't because my, my, my sleeper for the all-time greatest was always Barbados. What does their flag look it's, like? It's two blue bars on the sides and a, a yellow... Uh, two, so two yellow... Or sorry, two blue vertical bars on like the outside. the Canadian flag. Yeah, and then yellow in the middle, except it's just got a little black trident in the middle instead of a big flat a leaf. And it's super clean, and it's super basic, and the trident in the middle is really small. And that's it. Uh, and it's really nice. And it might be the next flag on the front of the house. <laughs> I can see that being appealing. And yeah. that's why I think for my first one is Bhutan. And partially it's because for some some unknown reason we flew the bhutan flag outside of our house for a solid three months until the the wind uh gave it an early retirement but it's also just a cool flag it is a super well-designed flag it's got this kind of goofy looking dragon on it who kind of who looks like he's slightly overdosed on mushrooms because he doesn't look comfortable he looks like he's tripping a little bit yeah but but it's a dragon nonetheless and it's super and it's super weird because the entire dragon is is basically stencil it's just black and white in the middle of the flag and the actual flag is uh, orange and yellow mm-hmm. with a pure white dragon across the front so it's different because it takes a it's not trying to be super super loud it's pretty tame as far as color schemes go uh, for a flag with a dragon on it it's pretty tame <laughs> and that's probably why they went with that because they just like we can't color this thing yeah probably <laughs> oh there's a little notification for all y'all um 
Yeah, so that was that was my number one. The newcomer, well, there's actually two newcomers. Is Tonga? Tonga. I Tonga don't know this cool flag. flag either. You should look it up, man. It's a pretty neat looking flag. Um, How would you explain the Tonga flag? Man, I honestly sense? couldn't do it justice. It, it's it's. There's a lot of really interesting African flags out there. Wait, is so I'm, I'm pretty sure Tonga's in Africa. I'm bringing up this flag that's almost entirely red, but in the top left corner, similar to the American flag where this where the stars are, it just has uh, a red cross. Yeah. So it almost looks like uh, the Switzerland flag, except the cross is yeah up into the left. Yeah, it's super simple, and I like it. And it's like I said, there's some pretty wild African flags, but this one is just super straightforward. Plus. I don't know if you remember, but there's the infamous Tonga flag bearer. I literally just got that in the Yeah, search. as soon as you look up Tonga, that's what that's what comes up. And I remember it was hilarious because this buff, shiny Tongan man was the flag bearer at the Olympics, and it was hilarious. Now, maybe this is out of ignorance, but I actually don't know where in the world Tonga is. I don't either. Okay. I've never, know. I've never even heard of Tonga. Is this guy who bears the flag the only resident of Tonga? I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. But unconfirmed. Are they all buff, shiny men? <laughs> I don't. Again, unconfirmed, but could be. Um, Fair enough. My yeah. my next flag is uh, Seychelles, and I don't know if I'm mispronouncing this, but this flag it's it's simple. But it's also different because most flags are either diagonal or horizontal stripes and usually tricolored. That's the most common design of a flag. But Seychelles has diagonal lines. It, this flag is sick. And it, something about it is just like we're sticking to the norm, but we're going our own way about it. And it, it, it just pops for me. Yeah, I agree. It's really unique. Very, very well picked. Yeah. That's mine. What's your last one, buddy? My last one is actually my new all-time favorite flag. Canada. No. Damn it. Nope. Uh, I'll give you one more guess, though. Your new all-time favorite flag. Man, I don't know that I could even guess it, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> it's Antarctica. Good. <laughs> they have a flag? Yes. Wow. Yes. And so I, that's the thing, too, is I don't. it's a continent, but I don't think it's a country. But the flag's literally a blue flag. With a slightly lighter shade of blue, and it's just the, it's just the shape of Antarctica from like an aerial view in the middle of the flag. That's really? It. That's it. It's literally just the shape of the continent in the middle of the flag. It is amazing. It is amazing. I love it. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he just looked up the picture. That's literally all it is, and it's unreal. And it is my new all-time favorite. Flag. I I'm a big fan of this design, actually. <laughs> I think the only thing that would have been slightly better past that is just completely white out flag. It's just a white flag. That would have been pretty hilarious, too. The only problem with that is then there would never have been a chance of you to actually see it fla flown anywhere in Antarctica. Which is the point. <laughs> kind of, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you, what are you going to see but white in Antarctica anyways? Fair. A little bit of blue sky, I suppose. Sometimes, but yeah. I like it. I'm a fan of that one. I actually didn't see that in my searches, so that's a good one that you brought to my attention. Uh, my final one is the flag of Nepal. Nepal's got a really chill flag. And the only reason that I really like it is because it's not even the shape of a flag. It, well, it is. Like it's, it, it's the shape of its own flag. It's the shape of its own flag. Yeah. But it's not It's not a rectangular flag. It, it breaks convention. It's uh, two triangles, basically two pennants. Like, if you've seen a hockey pennant, it's... Two of those, one bigger and one smaller, uh, stacked on top of each other. But With some dots, I think. Yeah, but that's it. There's a. I actually watched a YouTube video on on how to make the Nepal flag because they have the, the, the mathematical dimensions and how to draw it, the proper angles and everything, mm. uh, like, available. You can look it up and then reproduce it. So there was a video, of a math video of a gentleman drawing it based on their instructions. Hmm. It's pretty neat. You just need a protractor and a ruler and a pen. Funny, hey? It's the only flag where you're just like, how do I draw the actual flag? Yeah, yeah. Rather than the, the design on it. Yeah. Anyways, those are our top three flags. Real random top three list, but yep. a fun one. Let's move on to top three websites. Top three sites? I Yeah. This is an interesting one, too. And I'm... I would almost think that I could maybe guess 
at least one of yours. Yeah? Okay, I'll give you a roll. TED.com. No. Damn it! This podcast is over. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it is a good guess, but it's not a website of mine. Then then fire one off for me, please. Uh, Honestly, Reddit. Okay, this is my first one, too. Reddit is a, an incredible resource if you have the discipline to use it well. <laughs> How, why do you say that? Because if you don't, you can fall down literally every rabbit hole ever created. You absolutely can. And and so for me, it's a great it's a great tool and a great resource and a great um, method of entertainment sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I am I am not a big Reddit guy because of how easy it is to get carried away. Yeah, I think you do have to use Reddit uh, responsibly in mm-hmm. a way mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. And for those who actually don't know what it is, it's essentially a massive forum. It is yeah. there's no other way to really describe it. But people can post into post whatever they want, and topics are divided up into what are called subreddits. And so, a subreddit will just be an area of interest where people can go and post things related to that and talk about things related to that. And there is thousands of subreddits. But that's what makes it magical: is that if you're interested in something real obscure. There's a good chance that you can find at least 600 other people on Reddit who also want to talk about yeah, 1,800 pins. Yep. And and that's just the thing that's fantastic about it. You can find a community wherever. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, the best ways to connect with somebody. I often visit the Crohn's and Colitis subreddit, and it's a good way to just kind of see how other people are struggling with with that and know you're not alone and i think it's effective in a lot of things Mm -hmm. you used it a lot for rainbow six i i did yeah and i still do and i use it for other things as well finding Mm -hmm. honestly and it it, it's a lot like my second website is how i use it which if you want me to get into that my second website is wikipedia and this is coming from this is coming from an academic or like a former historical student and guy who's considering a life in academia and i understand where all the beefs are with it but like reddit if used responsibly wikipedia can be a very powerful tool Mm. and it can lead you it's not going to give you the right answers but it can lead you to places where you can find the right answers if you Mm. know how to use it Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's why wikipedia is in is in my top three you know what that's such a good answer and i i'm surprised that i didn't actually think about wikipedia because it's um, it's great and honestly you are fed this information in high school wikipedia isn't a reliable source and to a degree it's not but it is actually much more reliable than it used to be and regardless if you want to figure something out it's gonna be good enough information that you can access quickly better than we could have ever otherwise yeah the, and the way i go about it is you wiki something It'll give you some information. You can read it, and now you have a basic understanding of something. Mm-hmm. And then if you're con- if you're interested in pursuing the topic further, you can scroll down to the very bottom. And most good wiki articles worth their salt are going to have sources and citations. Yes. And so you scroll to the bottom, and then you are given a list of all of the places where this information came from that you can pursue on your own and and shore up and become more educated and confirm whether or not what was said in the wiki is true and that's where i think the value is because for me i could wikipedia i could wiki something as a research topic and i honestly wouldn't even read the wiki article i would literally just scroll to the bottom and find sources based on what i was looking for and just use it as a way to find uh good actual resources that, and then and then go from there and find those that's smart if you're actually uh, writing an academic paper yeah for, per se yeah that's literally all i used it for in, in university so yeah but yeah top it, quality site wikipedia does represent a lot of what i find valuable is just that free access to information mm-hmm. so fantastic website my next one was actually one that i use every day for the most part, if I have a proper routine going. And that's a do you yoga. And this is actually uh, thanks to our buddy Peter, who's been on the podcast uh, a number of times now. He he shared with us his, his login to this website. And it's just fantastic. You can get 
Uh, you can easily find any kind of yoga program you're looking for. There's 30-day challenges with specific teachers, or there's yoga focused on specific things like healing or stretching. And maternity you can, yoga? There's a lot of There's an aggressive amount of maternity <laughs> there yoga. There is a, a lot of it on there. Yeah, there really is. And you can... Cause, you can also look up how much time you have. Say you've got 15 minutes. Go, hey, uh, give me all the videos in and around 15 minutes that mm-hmm. I could participate in. And so it's just so good. And it, it's a really good tool to help you maintain a yoga practice or get started in one if it seems like it's a, a daunting uh, undertaking for some people. So it's so good. I use it uh, very often. So, quality site. Good call. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. Your last one there, bud? Amazon. Yeah, good choice. I thought about Amazon. Amazon's unreal. That that place is amazing. Yeah. It's it's it has it is pushing consumerism to a new level, and I'm usually not a big fan of consumerism, but the fact that I can as a as a non-standard consumer, it's really nice because it allows me access to non-standard consumables such as soap molds and tents and a Abundant amounts of paracord. Yeah, oh, for hell yeah, hella cheap. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's you. Funny you say that. You can get unconventional things on there. We were talking about in one of my classes at school how leeches can be used medically to do things like induce blood flow into a, a uh, freshly stitched on digit. Say you lose a finger and right. you need blood flow to return to it. Yeah. You can place leeches on it, mm-hmm. and it will. Uh, it will kind of uh, bring the blood flow back through that finger, or it'll it'll um, anticoagulate your blood if you have diabetes or something. And so there is such thing as medical leeches, mm-hmm. and you can just buy a pack of medical leeches on Amazon. That's amazing, right? That's I might have to buy a pack of medical leeches and throw them in my bathtub just for just, <laughs> just, to, for, just watch them swim shit, around, hey? just to watch them swim around. I've never seen a leech. You've never seen a leech? No, right? I've never seen a leech, and they fascinate the shit out of me. They're interesting little creatures. They're they're interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> Just go out to Park Lake here, that dirty No, I don't need of a lake. I don't need multiple appendages growing off of my body in ten years. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um my last one is Internet Movie Database. This is big for me because I'm a big movie buff. Mm-hmm. This site is uh it was once very fantastic. Slowly making changes where they're kind of going in a weird direction. But Still, it's this. It's a great resource to figure out anything you want to know about a movie. Who was in it, uh, what year it came out, what people thought about it in terms of rating, everything. And I'm just kind of big into to knowing where actors are, what movies they've been in, and uh, and it's just lots of stuff about movies. I'm just a, a movie guy. That's so that makes me one for one stand out among the pack because I like movies. Actually, so uh, it's pretty different about me. <laughs> uh, it's quite original. I uh, I pride myself on it, that, but it's fun for me. It took me probably four seconds longer than it should have to realize that Internet Movie Database is IMDb. Yes, I it don't is. hear anybody ever use the full version. I'm like, why wouldn't you just what? Not IMDb, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that is. It is IMDb. Yeah, that is yeah. a great website. It is super super helpful that way. Yeah, and like I like it because you can find synopses and Mm -hmm. reviews and stuff like that and i will admit fully that i'm the guy that will go and just read a full plot synopsis so that i don't have to watch a movie because (laughs) i'll see a trailer and i'll be like that looks really interesting but i don't enjoy movies at the best of times and so i would still like to appreciate what it was about without having to sit down and watch the whole thing Mm -hmm. and so i have used that as a tool to find synopses for movies that it's like that's cool but i'm never gonna watch those you know, that's good for you. I you you this is where you and me differ greatly in that. I generally like movies and going to movies and watching movies. Now I'm if I'm at home, I'm almost always gonna choose to play a video game because it's it's engaging on a deeper level. But just being able to get lost in a movie is one of my favorite things. But that might also be related to my propensity to, to kind of embrace escapism that's just kind of who i am and i do it a lot so maybe that's where movies appeal to me yeah yeah. but on the topic of movies top threes top three movies okay i uh yeah i'll start the witch 
The witch. Good choice. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to actually, I'm going to preface this. I was telling Brendan, I don't, and as you listeners just heard, I don't really watch a lot of movies. So this isn't my top three all-time favorite movies. This is honestly just the last three movies I've watched. (laughs) But the thing is, is these, I literally, these three movies are the last movies that I've watched. And it's probably been a calendar almost two years. And I may have rewatched Warrior in that time. I think I have. Which is a great movie, but I loved all three of these movies. So, mm-hmm. The Witch, that is that is one of them. Yeah, The Witch is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's a horror movie, but not in the way that you would expect a horror movie to be. We're so conditioned to, to see horror movies that are jump scare after jump scare and just cheap plot, cheap characters, and it's over. But this movie is, is much different. I don't think there's a single jump scare in it, but... It managed to fill me with so much more dread and made me so much more uncomfortable than a lot of other horror movies have managed to do. And that, I think, speaks volumes to its its atmosphere and the development of the, the environment itself. So it's one that I highly recommend to everybody. It's not everybody's cup of tea, though, is the same thing. If you're not the person who likes scary movies... Yeah. You probably enjoy it anyway, because I don't like scary movies and I loved it. Yeah. And this is, that's just it, right? Is it's not, it's not really the same. It's not a horror movie in the same way. It's not. And I think the reason I loved it is because the, well, for me, it's the costume and arrow piece was beautiful. Like, right. They couldn't have done that any better. And because so it my, takes place when about again? Like eight, 17th, 18th century New England. Mm. So settler era in, in New England. Um, so my history boner was was fully turgid for just <laughs> honestly just the costumes. I'm like that's the most realistic dirt on an actor's face I've seen ever, and so that alone I was just like mm, yes. But it it's just it's well written. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. awesome. It's a solid film. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my top one. I don't know why it's my favorite movie. We Bought a Zoo. It is We Bought a Zoo. Nailed it. It is We Bought a Zoo. Now, this is a movie that came out, mm, I want to say seven years ago now, maybe six. And it's one that for most people, I think, is largely forgettable. It's not talked about very much, but it stars Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson, who are probably the top billed actors on this movie. And Matt Damon just plays this dad based on a true story who has just lost his wife recently and his kids are kind of grieving from that. And he's looking for a fresh start and he ends up buying a zoo. And and that's the premise of it. But it's just this movie for me is, is one of those feel good movies. It's not this high end movie. It's not it doesn't have incredible plot twists or an incredibly deep narrative, but it's it's a feel-good movie that has a lot of emotion to it. And at the end of the day, I think that's all it takes for me, is I'm a weird sucker for movies that are highly emotional. And this was just one of them for me, and I can go back and watch this movie all the time. Love mm-hmm. the soundtrack to it, too. It's a Jonesy, and he just has this way of creating music that's so light but also heavy at the same time it's hard to explain but lots about this movie that i love Mm. don't know why i love it but i don't think it's a bad watch for anybody anybody can enjoy it at least once nice uh what do you got next there buddy dunkirk dunkirk another another movie that got my history rocks off (laughs) not because it was immaculately accurate but because it was very very well done the the cinematography in this movie was was top notch and chris nolan shed his chris nolan cloak as best he could without it being not a chris nolan film it still is but it doesn't have some sci-fi plot twist that takes the movie and ruins it but it it, it, it takes the movie and ruins it just <laughs> has shit all over the rest of chris no Nolan's not films. that they have but if he was to do that in a dun in dunkirk it probably would have <laughs> okay yeah, completely yeah. annihilated what that movie was supposed to be but he absolutely nailed it mm-hmm. and uh, he that movie is able to do a lot of work with very little yeah that's a great way to describe there's it. there it, it, it there's no main character i don't think there really isn't no. There's no main character. There's no... There's really not a lot of dialogue. No. But that movie is powerful, and it encaptures the the atmosphere and what it was really like 
during Dunkirk better than I ever could have imagined. And I know that sentiment is one that is reinforced by actual war vets that saw it and were like, this is, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a wonderful film in a way. And it's, it's one of those ones that I've described as more of an experience rather than a film. Cause Zach's right. There's not a lot of character. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's just watching these human beings in this experience and and it puts you there in a way that not a lot of other movies can do in quite the same way or quite the way that nolan could and i think that speaks volumes to his Mm -hmm. his ability but yeah just when if you go see in theaters it's just you see those planes rolling in and you can hear them rolling in and it it gives you goosebumps in a way that it doesn't in other films so Yeah. yeah there's some something special to that movie as well i do agree uh my next one is actually one that it's not conventionally in my top five and i haven't thought about my top five movies in a long time because i haven't watched as much movies as i used to Mm -hmm. but this is one i just kind of went out and saw with my dad i'm like this is probably one that'll appeal to him and it's called uh, only the brave and i've talked to zach about this a couple times before and i talked to a lot of people but this is also another true story and it's about uh hotshot firefighters which are the firefighters who basically fight forest fires head on uh but it's a true story about them and another one another movie that is just it's so hard hitting in the emotional department that is probably why it appeals to me so much but i also think that uh its characters and its its dialogue feel very real and its character development is is really solid but it's a story that i think people should learn about because it's something that happened in 2013 and uh i just don't think a lot of people know about it and so it's worth going to see just for the sake of understanding this real life event. And so it's one that I recommend to everybody. And it probably is my favorite movie of 2017. So right on. there's that. Anyway, Zach, what do you got for your last one there? True Grit. True, true Grit. All this right. movie was start to finish entertaining. <clears throat> Not That's pretty much all I got. It wasn't the greatest movie ever made, but I have a soft spot for good westerns. And this one, this one tickled my itch. Yeah, fair enough. This True Grit, like Zach said, a Western. It's got Jeff Bridges in it and um, Matt Damon as well. Actually. Yeah, actually, you're right. Matt Damon is in it. Yeah, I, actually, I always forget he's in it. But it's a Western, and it is, it is by all accounts, I would say, a pretty solid Western. For me, I have this real strange disconnect with Westerns and that I just I can't enjoy them that much. My favorite Western, and it'll probably tell you... Uh, wh- how I feel about westerns is Back to the Future three, <laughs> like not really a western, but it is. Yeah, it's just something about these that don't connect with me. And so personally, I don't think True Grit is a bad movie at all. I actually think it's quite good, but it doesn't connect with me in the same way. But I'm never going to argue somebody who says yeah. it's good. It's it's one of the better modern westerns because there's a lot of really shitty modern westerns, and if I was I would say it's not quite as good, but in the same realm for modern westerns is something like 310 to Yuma. Which is which a good is one. an incredible movie. I've seen And that. now that I say that, it probably should be on here instead <laughs> of True Grit. But, but that's just the way she goes. And I'm actually really excited for to go and see Hostiles. I actually was just that's thinking That's one about of the that. few movies that have come out in the last while that I'm like, hey, you know what? I actually want to see that. I think uh, if not this week, but next week over reading week, we can try to go see it. I would. I'd like to go see Hostiles. I'm oh, you're gone. Gone. This is disappointing. Yeah. Maybe we can do it before you go. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hit me. What's my your last, last one? one? Is Warrior. Nice. You cry just every mentioned time. it. Yeah. Another movie. I'll just cry. Warrior. Solid film. Joel Edgerton and um, Tom Hardy. And Nick Nolte. And Nick Nolte. Yeah, you forget about Nick Nolte, but he's a beauty in this movie. Uh, it's about uh, mixed martial arts, essentially. But mixed martial arts is more of a uh, uh, a platform to tell this story of alienation within a family and how that affects people. And that's just really what it is. I don't want to give too much for people who haven't seen it. But for me, it just hits all these things. I love that it's a mixed martial arts movie because I quite enjoy mixed martial arts and uh, it just, it's cool. I like sports movies. Who doesn't in a, in a certain way? Mm-hmm. But it's also just a solid, solid film. And so that, by my accounts, will almost always stay in my top 10. Yeah. 
Anyways, those are our top three movies. What shall we move on to next there, Zach? Uh, I don't know. We got three left. Let's spin the wheel of fortune. Top three stores. Stores? All right. Bulk barn. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. I knew this was going to be place. on your list. <laughs> Why do you love bulk Because <clears throat> I get shit for bulk for cheap. And they have just about everything. They have, as everybody knows, they have candy. But you know what else they have that isn't candy? They have oatmeal and pasta, brown sugar. They've got quinoa and rice. They got, did I mention pasta? They have good pasta. Um, and tons of varieties. You can get spinach pasta, red lentil pasta, all kinds of different stuff. They have spices, cheaper than you're going to find anywhere else. Like 20 cents worth of spices, and you've got your spices for like two months. Yeah. Paprika coming on my ass, let me tell you. Um, they got tea, both loose leaf and not, and they also sell soap now, which is the greatest. Wow. Bard, so organic barred soap. And, and so they have shampoo soap, they have body wash soap, they have hand soap, and they also now have laundry soap. <laughs> and you can get honey there, and you can get, what else can you get? Bulk Barn's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty damn good. For the size of the building, it's just a pretty relatively standard size store to smaller. About the size of a gas station. There's everything <laughs> in it, which is unbelievable. They have dog treats there? Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I find amazing about it? Is you've listed all these things. It's like, hey, these will contribute to a healthy, natural lifestyle. All these spices, these organic foods. It's this place where it enables you to live the healthiest lifestyle possible. But the other thing that they sell, <laughs> the other thing they specialize in, is just what may, can make you ruin your life. Yeah. It's just candy. Bulk and candy. chocolate. Out the ass. Yeah. And... Oh. It's the I, perfect dichotomy. I forgot to mention that Bulk Barn is actually a great purveyor of supplements and, and vitamins and other things like that. Oh, They're yeah. a great place for that, too. But yes, candy. <laughs> and the funny thing is I literally never buy candy there, ever. I can't remember the last time I bought candy. And I remember you talking about how you would like to shop there, but every time you'd go in there, you'd buy candy. And I'm like, the complete opposite end. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm the guy who embraces the opposite end of that uh, spectrum. Funny, I went in there to get Forrest some candy for his birthday, and I'm like, I'm not getting anything else. I'm not getting anything else. And I did. I did. I got him candy, and that's it. So nice. Good I, for I did you. it. I did it. Good for you. Um, my first store is going to be indicative of the fact that I love video games, and that's just EB Games. For me, it's this childlike wonderment of back in the day going into Blockbuster and just looking at the games and be like, ooh, look at this one, look at that one. I didn't outgrow it. I just didn't. So I love going into EB Games even just to look at video games. I don't buy them all the time there because, sadly, they're mostly, most of the time, not as uh, cost efficient as you would get them digitally, which is sad and very indicative of our current uh, current time. But I love that store. I love going in there. They do come some sort of scummy things in terms of how they deal with their customers, but mm, I look past it just to look at the video games. Mm -hmm. What's your next one, Zach? Costco. Oh, yeah. More Great. bulk. Great choice. Uh, and it's not so much... I didn't choose this store so much for the value I take from it, so much as the value and the quality of store overall. Starting with employment, the place is probably the best example of of how to do employment right on a mass scale ever. Mm -hmm. They take care of their employees so well there. Full-time benefits, good wages, like you name it, they got it covered. Um, so that's good. The, the cafeteria there is unrivaled by literally every fast food place ever, and most pizza places, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. and, and you can buy almost everything you'd ever need in bulk, and like massive amounts of bulk, which... That's the only reason I don't shop there is because it's too much. I don't need six heads of lettuce. That's the issue. You're like, I. you can get, yeah, six heads of lettuce or nothing. <laughs> 30 or, toothbrushes or nothing. Yeah, and, and so for some things, it's great. And my mom will go there and she'll get stuff and we'll split it because we can, you can buy loaves of bread in threes. It's like, well, I'll take one and you can take two. And that works. So for things like that, it's really great. And it can be a great store. But just at the opposite end, that store is effing massive and it has literally everything in it like hot tubs and snowmobiles and books and clothing and the muffins did i mention <laughs> the, costco the costco muffins. muffins the densest the densest muffins the best muffins created. ever like home baking is great but nothing beats a double chocolate costco muffin and i have such an addiction to these things this might actually you might 
I might sound like Brendan for a second here. If I go into a gas station or a grocery store or literally anywhere and I see a double chocolate Costco muffin, I am obligated to buy it. <laughs> every time. Every time. And so, yeah, that's Costco. You got to give yourself one vice. And if it's Costco muffins, so be it. I've got a few, but Costco muffins is definitely one of them. Oh, you have a couple vices. Man. Yeah. That's unnatural. Is it? <laughs> Shit. I just wanted to hold things. So I could saw them and hammer them. <laughs> My vices are vices. <laughs> Just has them like hanging off of his wall. <laughs> All right. We'll keep going though. My next one is Dollarama. Nice. Dollarama is a good place to get cheap things. And they have a lot of things these days. They definitely do. And mm-hmm. uh, I worked there for four years. It was uh, both pretty crappy and pretty good because it was a growing experience as my first job. Uh, but yeah, it's a great store. If I go out shopping, you hit Dollarama first to see what you can get for cheap. And whatever you don't find there, you go get elsewhere. But it can save you a lot of money if Super you know what good, to buy. Super good approach. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you got next? My last one is Winners. Winners? Good choice. Yeah, I love that store because things are usually... So uh, the premise of Winners is like a liquidation store, basically. Yeah, I they, think so. They buy stuff from other stores that aren't selling or went out of business and then they sell it back to you for way cheaper than you would have paid for whatever the price was originally so like pants favorite place to buy pants because i can buy a pair of jeans there for 25 or less dollars Mm -hmm. and old navy's pretty good but only when they're on sale Mm -hmm. but i can also buy wooden spatulas and art and the occasional uh organic snack yeah, Winners. So they've kind of got it all, and that's why I love that store. Winners is good stuff. Honestly, they're great stuff. And they, yeah, you're right. They got it all for good price. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. I actually had a dream last night that I was shopping for clothes in Winners. Nice. Yeah, nice. Made me want to go to Winners. Premonitions. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my last one is King of Trade, which is a local store here. <laughs> good call. King of Trade is good Good stuff. They're just, they are basically a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. But there's just real fun things. Whatever you're interested in, and if it's a little bit older, go to King of Trade. Old video games, old cassettes, old CDs. Everything. Anything you could ask for. Pretty so much. King of Trade's a cool place, and I'm a big fan of it. Yes, I've only ever been there once. I would like to go there more. You've been there once? you got to check out King of Trade every yeah. now and then. Anyways, let's move it along for the sake of time. As all you listeners know, I have an... My my biggest vice is the amount of music I listen to. It's a straight-up addiction. I may need to get help at some point. <laughs> so we were doing top three albums, and the intent was like top three all-time albums. And so I came to the crux of, I think I've listened to 22 different albums in the last week. So I was like, well, shit, I don't know. They're all good. So I literally just picked the three albums that I've liked the most that I've listened to in the last, like, eight days. But here they are, and I'll just rip them off real quick for you. Reflections of a Floating World by Elder. Okay. Super good. The top album of 2017, actually. Wow. Yes. For you. Yes. Wow. Top album of 2017. And that is competing with, uh, that beat out, narrowly beat out Relaxer by Alt-J and a couple other really, really good albums. But it is phenomenal. Everybody should give it a listen. Long composition, progressive metal at its finest. Uh, Green Nagahide by Primus. It's a classic favorite of mine. I gave it a re-listen. It was like, damn it, this is too good to not have it. Um, it's got some really weird art too. It's like claymation little dude on a bike. And then it's just an all green background. It's kind of weird, but phenomenal album. Super. It's less clay pull on bass. So, you know, the music is catchy and groovy as shit. Yeah. Great. And, and, and the lyrics in this album more than most are incredibly brilliant and very, um, socially aware. And I really enjoy it for that. Yeah. And then the last one is 2am wake up call by tweaker. Jeez, okay. And this one's got uh, some more real weird album artwork and is just a really interesting album. I honestly don't know how to describe it. Like, I'm not even sure. Where would you put it in terms of musical genre? See, I was just going to say I'm not even sure what genre it would fall into. Metal a little bit, but even then, like, more just alternative than actual metal. But it it's weird, man. Like, it's got some interesting music on there. And I listened to another of his albums, and it's not as good, but it's real weird. And that scratches my itch for that. 
because I like to listen to some really strange shit. Yeah, you listen to some out there stuff. I'll just hear some pretty wild <laughs> tunes coming out of the basement. Yeah, so that those are my top three. But yeah, two a.m. wake up call. I give that. I give that a recommendation. All right, good top three. Mine are indicative of what my favorite bands over the course of my life have been. And the first one is the album Neighborhoods by Blink-182. I, uh, I'm i one of the last people on earth who repped Blink-182 pretty hard. They're this early 2000s pop-punk band. They were huge in the early 2000s, but musical tastes change, and they've fallen out of contention for, for a lot of people. They're still big, they still release stuff, but it's not the same way. For me, though, they've, they always stick around. I'll listen to Blink pretty regularly. And, uh, Neighborhoods was a later album. It's one where they kind of fell out of their, their immature punkish phase, and it was a change of sound for them. There was a little more seriousness to it in a way, and it's, uh, it's one that a lot of people didn't actually enjoy in terms of Blink fans, but for me, it just really connected with me, and I like every song on the album, and that's, that's what's indicative of a good album for myself. Next one is the album Get Hurt by the Gaslight Anthem. Gaslight Anthem, also another one of my favorite bands. They're, I guess, alternative rock, for lack of a better uh, categorization. But this album is just, it's solid. It has this mixture of uh, kind of sadness to it, an air of sadness to it. But uh, I quite enjoy that in music for some for some reason. And for me, that's kind of where it comes from. But it, it's, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It just connects with me. My last one is um, Professional Rapper by Lil Dicky. Nice. One of the best albums ever. Lil Dicky, one of the best rap artists ever. He doesn't take himself seriously at all, considering his name Lil Dicky. Uh, he basically makes satire on the whole rap, rap genre in terms of the type of people that they try to be. And also he makes fun of the fact that he is just this white Jewish guy who's a rapper. And it uh, it has his way of connecting with just the layman because of what he raps about. He doesn't rap about being rich and getting laid every day. He raps about the opposite, the, the struggles of everyday people. And that's why I think he's so good. And he is actually a fantastic rapper. He's He's brilliant. His writing is brilliant. It really is. Yes. Now, we had a final top three, but I think for the sake of time, are you comfortable with moving past it? Yes, sir. Okay. We're going to go to our Upgrade Yourself this week. And this Upgrade Yourself is simply embracing good smells, aromatics to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit unconventional of an Upgrade Yourself, but one that really makes sense to me in that you could be, you could ask yourself, like, what? What does smelling something, what's that going to do for me? You know, it's just, it's, a, it's a smell. But when you think about it, it's one of your senses. Playing into one of your senses is going to benefit you in some way, somehow. Because everything else does. Your eyeballs. If you look at a great running vista landscape, that's beautiful. It does something for you. Mm-hmm. Your your ears, if you're listening to great music, it does something for you. Even your sense of a touch if you've got your feet in the sand or in the grass, it it connects with you in some way that it's deeper than just something that you can just let go of. And I think that's what we need to, to see smell in the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this one. Yeah. Uh, you have a couple little notes there, Zach. What did you end up finding out about smells? Yeah, so I was really, really excited about aromatics generally because for me it's something... I enjoy like I like to burn candles on occasion mm-hmm. and the one I've been smelling it all the whole podcast is picking it up and sniffing it it's a smoked honey woods very powerful candle it is an incredible right. candle I'm yeah. a huge fan but so aromatics I was really really on board with and I did some research and you're right there is the sensory aspect right burning a candle smells freaking great it just adds to the air and the element of the room and just the presence right mm-hmm. but I wanted to know do aromatics have any health benefits well no, they don't. <laughs> they they really don't. Um, basically, the idea behind aromatics, there's candles and stuff like that. Then there's more, as they're gaining popularity, diffusers, which is basically you take an, uh, an essential oil and you mix it with water and you blow it as steam into the air and then you inhale it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people that think or did research on thinking that this was good for you, that you could actually get oils with benefits for you. Um, but there's really pretty much no evidence to support anything like that except for placebo Hmm. um so and and that comes back to just the sensory appeal of it right the Mm -hmm. fact that if you have something 
that you can smell and it's a pleasant smell and you walk into the room and it's just an uplifting whiff of smoked honey woods. You're just going to feel better, yeah. right? And so there's that is the major thing about it is a mood booster and and it just helps you um, feel better, but there's no actual health benefits at work inside your body, which is a bit of a bummer, but that's not to take away from aromatics as a whole as a mood piece, a set piece, a something that you should do and that I'm probably going to end up doing anyway. But uh, yeah, you're better off basically just rubbing essential oils on your skin if you want to get benefits from it is, is the bottom line from a health standpoint. Yeah. And I think that's just it is with aromatics is the benefits are less tangible. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, it's not going to be like uh, smelling uh, jasmine for three hours a day is going to cure your diabetes. Like that's not it. It's more about mindset and the change of mindset. But there's a little bit of something to that in that if you're feeling happy or if your general mood is just elevated because of a good smell, mm-hmm. you're going to find some benefits in just that simple way. Yes, sir. It doesn't work like standard medication where it has this real effect on your body, but it has an effect on your mood. And that's what I think the power and good smells come from. And even just that actually stopping to embrace a good smell is actively just getting us to slow down for a second to stop and be like hey what is this smell like let's take in my surroundings rather than be so caught up in whatever i normally am in my life and Mm -hmm. i think that's uh really the strongest message when it comes to embracing good smells yeah but it can have these placebo effects on your mind and how it can kind of change your disposition is that there's certain smells that'll help where they say that the smell of citrus is going to help you feel like you're more energized because it's just got this kind of uppity smell uh cinnamon actually is apparently uh helps people kind of relax a little bit or even concentrate a little bit so if you're doing homework apparently cinnamon might help might help you feel like you're 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 concentrating a little better or uh, they talk about how jasmine and lavender actually the smell will it's a calming smell, so it can help you sleep. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help you sleep longer, but it's going to help you relax because of the, yeah. what it does to your to your mind. Yep. And uh, the easy one is, I think this one is just something about it, but fresh cut grass just makes people happy. <sighs> Man. Yeah. Top top five most pleasurable things in the planet. Exactly. Fresh is, cut is, grass. Is fresh cut grass. Yeah. Something about it. I don't know what it is, but it's amazing. And maybe that's why I love working at Paradise and cutting grass is because I'm getting this this happiness boost. I miss... I That is one of my favorite things about working at, at a golf course. Mm-hmm. There's that smell of fresh cut blades of grass. Yeah. But... Overall, that was just kind of a simple upgrade yourself. Embrace good smells. Don't be afraid to stop and smell the roses for as much of a cliche as that is. It's true. There's something to it. Is mm-hmm. that slow down and embrace a good smell there. You know, let's let's cater to the sense that I think we as human beings focus on the least is our sense of smell. So don't be afraid to do that. Uh, let's move it on before we hit the hour mark here to our personal question that personal you question. posed to me earlier in the week in which you came up with, felt like it connected with you. Yeah. Where did it come from? Great question. Um, <laughs> uh, great question. I, I think it was, no, I honestly, I don't really remember what the inspiration for it was. Oh, no, I do. You're okay. We were talking about whether or not you would be invulnerable and live forever. Mm-hmm. as as a hypothetical and then so we i like felt we the conversation fell down a rabbit hole obviously but it inspired this question and so the question is would you prefer to win the lotto max 50 million dollar lottery today or live to be 100 20 you're at what 22 so the, another 78 years mm-hmm. guaranteed or win the lottery today and then wherever that takes you yeah this is an interesting one actually it's one of those would you rather is that i think both sides carry a good amount of weight that it's hard to choose uh now i'm curious this live to a hundred is this um guaranteeing you that no matter barring what happens in this life that you will see a hundred yeah yeah so within that is it you were guaranteed to live to a hundred 
Hmm. So you get, you're guaranteed that. And, and in good health. You may have health up and down, and by the time you're 100, you're not going to be running marathons, of course. But you're guaranteed to hit the century mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's very tough. You got to weigh the options in that. I don't think necessarily that if we don't change our course of action, that in 100 years, this is going to be even that ideal of a world to live in. And so, in my opinion, that... Uh, <laughs> that comes into into question but i think personally <sighs> i had truthfully my answer was 50 million dollars that's a great answer dude but i might have to change it and i know that yeah maybe in 100 years it might not be super fine and dandy around here but if it's going to guarantee me to live in good health I think that's going to change it for me is that if I don't have to be sick with with colitis, I'm going to take it. Now, I, I guess it didn't qualify. So I wouldn't say you would just like cure your colitis per se, but it's not going to kill you before 100. So you might still have it, but I would say it'd probably improve and, and whatever else. Because even then, though, even then, I, I might still take it in the sense that with my colitis, it's there's always that concern of the more it it acts up the more it gets to me the the more damage it's doing on my overall yeah yeah life mm-hmm. so yeah even if i'm still suffering from it i don't have to worry about that stress of that i'm wearing down my body yeah the other thing too is that by the time you're 100 they may have found a cure for it so you could have been cured at some point like say mm-hmm. late 50s they cured it and then you're just kicking ass for the last 40 something true that yeah. true that for sure it's tough though but I, I'm going to stick with 100, I think. Yeah. That was my... And see, I was the other way around. When I first came up with the question, I was like, I want to live to 100 because I want to see where this goes. And I, you had a fair but a little bit of a darker uh, view on the living to the 100 because of the current state of world affairs. But I was... I had a really positive look. I was like, I just want to see the cool shit that is around in 100 years because I feel like there's going to be some pretty neat stuff. And I honestly think by the end of my life, medical science we'll be at the point where we can replace most human organs. And I think that's really, really cool. So I would, I would, the curiosity just to see that is the reason I wanted to go to a hundred, but I, I changed it to the 50 mil. Why? Because with $50 million, I would be able to live like apex happiness in my life. Mm. I would well, money be able doesn't to, buy happiness. No, no, no. But I wouldn't buy happiness, but it would present me with opportunities. I would be able to go to school. Yeah. And... So I would go to school, I would probably end up with a PhD for no reason other than I could. I'd have nothing else to do, but I would be able to find fun work. I would be able to start my self-sustaining, efficient, off-grid community. I would be able to travel lots, and I would donate a shitload of it. And I would also build uh, homeless condo things, mm-hmm. like we talked about a, f- a number of episodes back. Yeah, That's always been something that I would be interested in doing if I had a lot of money. And absolutely, I would be investing in funding a program like that. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest benefit to 50 million is that, say for me, even an argument would be that with 50 million, there's a good chance that you can buy the best experimental cure, cure per se, Mm -hmm. to mycolitis. Mm -hmm. Or if you really wanted to see a good change in the world with 50 million, you got a lot of leverage to put some cash behind the the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. So you can make a lot of change with $50 million. You yeah. have a lot of change yeah. with $50 million. Plus, the only way I'm ever going to have this opportunity in my entire life is to go to a Rippers and make it rain. I can only do that if I win $50 million because I'm never going to have enough money otherwise. Yeah. So that's it. not that I would do that, but that opens up the avenue of possibility to it do that at least one time. Well, and that's just it, right? <laughs> is that if you were just like, Toss and fifties. You get to make her day too, because you're giving her five hundred buckos. Yeah. You could do that all night to every one of them and they're all just like Yeah, and you'd still have lots of You're go making around. days, right? Yeah. You're making rain by making days. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not sure exactly what that phrase means, but I, it, it works. I said it and I questioned it immediately. <laughs> but that's that's gonna probably be where we close it out here. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about even with this question? No, no, not really. 
You feel okay? I do feel okay. No, I was going to say, we are still just under the hour mark. If you want to quickly rip off the last of our top threes just to fit it in there. What are your top three video games there? Yeah, so Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah literally blew my socks off repeatedly i just got to the point where i wouldn't put them on when i was going to play the game (laughs) it it, i i played it with no expectations and it firmly wedged itself in my top three all time the narrative the gameplay the graphics the music the everything is just apex everybody should play that game Hmm. it it is incredible um rainbow six siege yeah without a doubt i started playing it again last night and i'm addicted again already immediately it's like the relapse instantaneous. That like, outbreak event is what... I, it I comes out in March, yeah. which I'm practicing. Like, I got into it now, so I'm ready for it in March, and I can play it. Beautiful. And then Pokemon Zeta Omicron. Shout out to the dev team that made that game. Uh, it's a non-standard Pokemon game that some folks just made from scratch, and it is an unreal, unreal Pokemon game. And I'm a huge Pokemon fan, and I'm reliving my childhood as an adult, and it's working. It's fabulous. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your list. Mine, um, Call of Duty, just because the memories that it serves for me, playing it back in the day with high school with all our friends. You don't have to worry about anything, but you're just kind of gunning some folks down in some Call of Duty. So it just it holds that special place in my heart. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, another game as a child. I just played the hell out of that series, and it still holds up. It's amazing. And uh, it was just a big part of my childhood, too. Last one was Life is Strange. It's actually a new one. Really strong narrative and uh, really cool uh, kind of uh, dynamics to that game. So I'd recommend that to anybody. But yeah, that's my top three. Uh, Anyways, I think that kind of closes us out here at the hour mark. I I think we're good to go. You guys know where to find us, Charting the Waters, Facebook. Uh, Find us on iTunes, rate us there. That would be amazing. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yes, thank you for the listens. Take care.